Good afternoon and welcome to the program. Jim Leach with you and uh, my voice, which was in rough shape yesterday, is worse today. Good thing we've got some guests to start us off and we're going to let them do most of the talking. It's time for our monthly check-in with State Senator Doris Turner. Senator, as always, welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm sorry that you're not feeling well. Well, I, I appreciate it. Good, good news is negative for COVID, just a good old-fashioned pre-pandemic head cold, but it's definitely settling in on me. Uh, and I want to make sure my voice holds up enough to ask you a few important questions this afternoon. We want to start with a, a story I know you have weighed in on. That is the uh, now former Springfield cop under investigation for racist and anti-Semitic posts. He resigned today just as that internal affairs investigation was getting underway. Wanted to get your quick reaction to this and, and what it says to you about what's been happening with policing in Springfield? You know, uh, I think that everyone can agree that this is a very disturbing, horrific situation. Um, I'm sure that everybody is just as disgusted as I am, as well as everyone in Springfield. Um, you know, I am really happy that uh, once this came to light, that the department took swift action and and uh, moved immediately to do that. But, but I'm also very troubled because, as you know, uh, during my time on the Springfield City Council, I worked very closely with Chief Winslow to do a lot of a lot of great things with regard to policing and community involvement and, and moving community policing forward. So, um, you know, I just want to make sure that we do everything that we can so that we can continue that work and, um, you know, make sure that we work with our community to uh, so that they don't lose trust in the department. And I know that there's, you know, a lot of work that has to be done with, in that regard, but, you know, I, I really want to be part of, part of that healing process. You signed on to a statement calling for a, quote, truly independent investigation of this situation. An investigation is going to go on, even though the officer has now resigned. Do you think that the Springfield Police internal affairs investigation can be, quote, truly independent, or should this be turned over to somebody else? You know, I am going to um, have, I have not yet, but I do plan to have a conversation with Mayor Langfelder as well as. Chief Scarlett uh, about this. And so, and, you know, I really want to, um, you know, hold my comments until we can have, we can have that, that conversation, because I think that there is a lot of work that needs to be done. And um, um, again, I want to make sure that I have the opportunity to talk to the, the chief and, and the mayor about it. That same statement also says there should be an investigation of quote anyone else who is uh, anyone else who espouses these uh, types of beliefs. Um, you have a lot of contact with constituents who have had contact with Springfield Police. Are you concerned there could be more racist cops, more people harboring uh, these sorts of sentiments uh, on the Springfield Police Force? You know, we all we all want to believe that. Anyone who holds a position of, of public trust is doing their job without any bias or without any uh, pre preconceived notions on, on anyone. And I think that, um, you know, we really want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can do to provide people with those tools. And when we see that there is someone that is acting outside of those bounds, uh, doing everything that we can to root that out and act and act very swiftly. Um, you know, people, everybody comes with, you know, biases and, and pre 
preconceived notions about things, about people. And we just want to make sure that we do everything that we can to ensure that that does not creep into your uh, the way that you carry out your duties and, and responsibilities. And certainly what we saw in, in this police officer was something that we have never, well, that I have never seen before in the, in the city of Springfield. And it, it was um, truly disturbing. Talking to State Senator Doris Turner, uh, and, and people could look at this and say this is exactly why the legislature passed a policing reform law last year, the Safety Act. Republicans, though, call that law anti-police and pro-criminal. And so now uh, Democratic lawmakers have been coming back with new anti-crime measures. So uh, let me ask you, with the, the, the time you've had to study this, and I know you weren't in the legislature yet when that, when that law passed, but do you think the Safety Act went too far, and what to now do you think needs Needs to be done to sort of swing the pendulum back. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I was not in the um, in the legislature when the Safety Act was passed. I I do know that there was a years of of work that went into that legislation, and I don't want to you know second guess my colleagues, but I do want to say that a lot of what Republicans are complaining about, and a lot of what Republicans are attributing a rise in crime are things that have not even gone into effect yet. So, you know, I think that we just need to take a pause and and do what we need to do to ensure that, that our communities are safe. And, you know, there there are a number of, of legislative measures that are currently either wake, making their way through the General Assembly or have already passed the General Assembly that are looking at what we can do to um, you know, deter crime. And and it's a battery of different things. You know, some of them are things that you can uh, attribute directly to uh, crime and punishment. And then there are other things that seek to address all of those other uh, issues and, um, you know, and other effects that are out in our community that have a major effect on on crime. So I think that what I'm seeing since my time in the General Assembly is that we are attempting to approach it from both of those vantage points and working uh, cooperatively with local law enforcement as well as, um, you know, all of our uh, mental health agencies and other community-based organizations where we can approach um, the crime that we're seeing in our communities from all of those different uh, vantage points. What do you make of the claim that the the Safety Act and the perceived um, lack of support for police has emboldened criminals? And that's why we're seeing more crime in some parts of the state, although actually total crime reports were down in Springfield last year. But still, that's the that's the contention is that uh, this law represents a lack of respect for police, which is giving criminals free reign to to do what they want to do. You know, I think that nothing could be farther from the truth. And again, I really believe that it is a Republican election uh, election time narrative that that they have out there. And you know, I'm doing everything that I can to fight back against that, and as well as as my colleagues, because we have seen an uptick in some uh, criminal activity in in certain parts of our state, and that's unfortunate. But I think that there are also a lot of other, um, you know, things that that play in, play into that, and we can't look at those things just from one lens. There's a lot that goes. There's a lot that goes in into it, 
And, you know, and I think that really, I think that Republicans and those that are pushing that narrative really do a disservice to our uh, local law enforcement and law enforcement administration who are working very hard, sometimes with limited resources, in order to protect our communities. So when, when they're out there, you know, beating that drum, that is not being supportive of local law enforcement. So I think that a lot of the things that my colleagues and I are doing we are being very supportive of local law enforcement and really giving them the tools that they need in order to, um, you know, in order to to address the, the crime that's happening. But we're also giving, um, you know, other entities the tools that they need so that it can be a deterrent to crime. So we can't just look at it from a, you know, we got to get everybody and lock them up. We have to also do what we can to, um, you know, try to make sure that crime doesn't happen, that, that we can, you know, stop a lot of things before, you know, before they, before it, it takes off, you know, and when you talk about supporting local law enforcement, I have a bill that I have introduced that looks at um, salaries for sheriffs. One of the things that I heard from around the 48th was that it's difficult to get people to go into, uh, you know, to take on uh, some of these county sheriff positions because because the pay is not very much. And if we're looking to draw someone into those positions that, um, you know, is has the education, has the experience, and has the background to do a really good job at it, we needed to raise that bar. So I introduced a bill that would seek to do that. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing that are being very supportive of law enforcement. Uh, another big piece of legislation, the governor signed it today, uh, protects and actually restores sick time for teachers who had to miss days, sometimes weeks, because they came down with COVID or had been exposed to COVID, et cetera. Uh, if, if I recall correctly, you were listed as not voting on that bill when it passed the Senate last week, correct? Um, no, I, I probably, I may not have. I'm not really sure. We have had some very long days. Um, very long straight days, and there's a lot of things that have been going on. So just because I don't take a vote doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily opposed to something. It may mean that I just wasn't in the chamber or was in a committee during that time. Did did you support that? It only applied to fully vaccinated teachers, not to all teachers and school staff. Were you in favor of that, Bill? You know, I I think that there, there is something to be said for personal responsibility. And, you know, Jim, I have been beating the drum about vaccinations and and COVID testing from day one. So I think that there is a lot to be said about personal responsibility. Finally, Senator, uh, we only have uh, just a few days left before the scheduled end of the legislative session. Is this session going to end on time this weekend? And what are your major priorities? What are your big bills still outstanding between now and final adjournment? You know, um, I think that we are going to, in the words of, of President Harmon, I think we are going to land this plane on time. I think that the one major thing that we have still hanging out there is the budget. And we're working very hard to um, pull together a budget that will be good for the um, the state and good for, for the taxpayers. I think that we're in 
a really good place. I can know I, that can I ask you about that? Uh, I know Mayor Langfelder has a couple of projects he'd like to see included in that, including some money for a, a UIS downtown campus to finally get released, things along those lines. Are you pushing hard for any particular appropriations uh, for, for the city? You know, I have been um, talking with and working with the mayor as well as um, the uh, lobbyists that he um, that he hired to uh, act on behalf of the city. And I'm working very hard to address, um, you know, all of their issues that they have brought forward. I think that at the end of the day, you'll see some big wins for the city of Springfield, as well as throughout the uh, 48th district. And besides the budget, anything personally that is a top priority for you? You're still trying to get across the finish line before uh, things wrap up? You know, I, I have been very fortunate. I was able to get most of my bills that I have introduced over the finish line. I just have one or two that are still hanging out there. But most of the big ones I've been able to get across, and they're now headed to the governor's desk. Um, I will tell you, at the end of the day, I probably have about seven or eight bills that I was able to that I will be able to get through the General Assembly. And I had um, um, an equal amount that I was able to get through last year. So I think that it, you know, representation matters. Representation is very important. And I think that it's important to have someone who um, is sitting in this seat that is able to work with their colleagues on both sides of the aisle. Uh, most of the bills that I've passed through have had bipartisan support. And not only my colleagues in the Senate, but my colleagues in the House to move things through and get them um, on the governor's desk. So I think that um, the people of the 48th will be very pleased. State Senator Doris Turner, we appreciate your time. We may be checking back with you uh, sooner than our regular monthly check-in, depending upon what happens in these final few days of the session. But in the meantime, good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. You too, and you feel better. I appreciate it very much. Thanks.